That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. I protest. I am not a merry man. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, September 8, 2022, Star Trek Day. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 594 of the Biden-Harris administration, 60 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter BobSeska underscore go, and our Patreon is BobSeskaShow.com. We have a new King of England, so let's bring in the Goth Ninja. Uh, Jody Hamilton Swiss. Wait, am I the king of England now? Yes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, honey, you're the queen. <laughs> yeah, Jody, you're the king. <laughs> well, Jody, you could substitute for the queen because you've done such a I nice think. job all week this week with the Stephanie well, Miller I, show somewhere. I'm looking at the royal family's Twitter feed right now and it yeah. says, the queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The king and the queen consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. So we will have a coronation in the next few days. Ah, uh, so sad, so sad. Too yeah. soon. Oh. She died so young. I didn't even think about the coronation. That's yeah. a huge deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's going to be a king of England. It's going to be King Charles, right? We're going to get King Charles. Charles. Okay. Well, by the way, that's spicy Jody Hamilton. Uh, she's from the, <laughs> from, the, from the Bunker podcast. Patreon.com slash from the bunker. David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex. His music project is Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. All right. This is always interesting whenever there's something with the royals happening. For As Americans, we kind of look at the royal family as this interesting oddity. Sometimes we get really, really into it. And some people are just like, well, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Well, well we, it, we, we kind of had a revolution against those people a while back. We did, and, but I remember when, when Diana died, I, I was in this house, and I remember hearing it, and I, got, I stopped yeah. dead in my tracks. I was like, it upset me. I didn't even follow her. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, I'm not an Anglophile like a lot of people I know. And I was very sad. And so how do they determine who's going to become the successor? Who's, how do they determine that The oldest Charles, born? Okay. I, thought, I thought you were going to ask how they determine that she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a mirror. Hold a mirror under her nose. I know it's hard to tell, but yeah, I think- Yeah, put a mirror under her nose. Exactly. <laughs> good pinch to the earlobe, just to be sure, yeah. Um, here's the deal. It's the first born of the- previous monarch. I see. And then if they don't have children, then it's their siblings after that. Okay. For instance, William is the next in line after Charles. Now, if William had never had children, his brother would be after that. But since William had children, I believe George is his oldest son. Mm -hmm. He is then the next one in line. Okay. And so, and then I believe with, with Queen Elizabeth, 
Her uncle abdicated the throne, which is why her father became king, which is why she mm-hmm. became queen. Mm-hmm. So she was not in line necessarily until her uncle abdicated. And how old is Charles now? I mean, he's... He's got to be in his 70s. Yeah, yeah. So William is kind of getting warmed up in the on-deck circle, isn't he? I was thinking <laughs> I was like, thinking Charles should just step aside yeah. and let William be king. Mm-hmm. But Charles has really wanted this a long time. Yeah, I imagine so. Right. Uh, so he's yeah, gonna I mean, he's gonna he's gonna take that and run with it. When being uh, king of England is your destiny, you kind of have that edge of your seat sort of feeling. Like, okay, any day now. Mom Unless is you want to marry an American. Mom is ninety six. Yeah. I could become It's not even that like king. part of a job, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. I, I can't imagine I mean you you wave, you cut ribbons. You right. Occasionally, smash a champagne bottle against something, and yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think it's not, not a high stress less demanding position. I was listening. Right? I was listening to how Queen Elizabeth, since 1951, has met every president mm-hmm. that we've had. By the way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how every prime minister that has served in England uses her council. Isn't um, it, that, because she's a his, she's history. I mean, she's been the queen since 1947. So. Every prime minister comes to her and says, okay, what do you think about this lady? Because yeah. you're our walking history book. Is that something that is a requirement for prime ministers or is that something optional? I, I like, think it was deference to okay. to the fact that this woman had, has been around forever. Yeah, um, yeah. And she's lived through a lot of change on the planet. Mm-hmm. And and I think that they would come to her during certain, I, I assume they were talking, I assume Johnson was talking to her during the Brexit debacle. Yeah. Um, and she's probably going, no, let's not do that. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you talk, she knows what she's, she wasn't a dumb woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very personable, apparently. Yeah. Um, in fact, from what I gather, she did know my mom's sort of imitation of her. Really? How did you know? How did you find Yay. out about that? Well, I mean, my mom went to England a few times, and apparently, my mom actually shot a show in England years, but that was before she started doing the Queen. Yeah. But apparently, Queen Elizabeth thought it was funny. Wow, that's cool. Wonderful. That's like me knowing that your mom thinks I'm funny. Like, <laughs> well, she loves Bob. She loves Bob. That oh, see, now that, that just blows me away. I just don't she understand how that could possibly ever happen. <laughs> it's so weird because <laughs> because your mom, and we're talking about Cara Burnett for new listeners here. Your mom is the first grown-up I ever saw being silly on television. And it set the stage for my entire life. 100% Not even Lucy truth. before? I mean, Lucy was very No, silly. no. I mean, maybe in my earliest memories, I saw some reruns of Lucy. But in terms of getting on stage and being funny, doing outrageous things, it was your mom. That was uh, So to hear something like that, I just have to pause and go, oh, my God. That's too wild. Yeah, she's a huge <laughs> yeah. part of my childhood, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever saw my dad laugh so hard he couldn't stop and the tears were pouring out of his <laughs> eyes was the dentist sketch. Oh, yeah. Of oh, it's a brilliant Kim sketch. Conway and yeah. Harvey yeah. Corman. Yeah. Poor and Harvey. Oh, yes. My yes. dad laughed so hard at that that I thought something. I was like six or seven. I'm like, why are you crying, Daddy? Is everything okay? <laughs> and, he's just like, and he can't stop laughing to tell me that everything's fine. Well, the, the other thing about your mom's show, Jody, is that was the kind of show that brought my entire family together, where we had like this common frame of reference and we all found it funny. Whereas before that, it was sort of like, well, the kids have their funny shows, the cartoons and so on, and the grownups have their mm-hmm. funny shows that they watch. 
much. But this was a show that all of us watched and all of us found funny. So it created how that. How did huge... you do that? What's that? Does anyone do that now? Is there anyone yeah. that you is funny to you as an adult that you could watch with your kids? I think there oh, are some sure shows are. like that. Yeah, yeah. I I'm think sure there, there are. are. But in I terms just of don't watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I don't have kids. So I don't it's have kids. To, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. You know, the cat yeah. likes certain things that I don't like, you know. Right. Well, you know, I'm amazed. I've been that- watching my friend, fellow Gen Xers react with horror when they go to watch, like, you know, their favorite movies from the 80s with their kids. And they're like, never mind. We're turning this off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, 16 yeah, Candles or, or uh, uh, um, uh, because of the problematic things in them. Yeah. There's some problematic Incredibly. things. Incredibly. <laughs> yes. yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. Even Molly Ringwald has said, like, oh, that. That was no. Yeah, that should. That's bad, 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 bad. You can't show but, that. But you now. know, the times are different, and, they are. and even when I was editing my mom's first five years, I had to call her and go, "We're not letting that sketch." back out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I can hmm. see that. I can see that happening with so many shows just because the norms change and what's acceptable changes over the years. And that's always been the case. It's Go, always been. It, it, yeah. I mean, there's a very funny sketch that they did with Flip Wilson. It was very, very funny, but Harvey ends up in blackface. Oh, oh, oh yeah, wrong. Yeah. Okay. Bad, bad. Wrong. And, yeah. and it was a very funny uh, punchline to the sketch. And mm-hmm. it was an important kind of it was a, a good statement, but actually, but putting a white man in blackface, no. Well, Jody, I can't believe you're here in the first place because you are still <laughs> getting over COVID. Plus, you've been hosting the Stephanie Miller show all week. You did three hours of radio this morning. Mm-hmm. It, if I do like this show, at the end of this show, if I had to do like another three hours, <laughs> there's no way I would be able to do that. I mean, it's it's all I I'm can do. I'm trying to, keep to be from... Hal Sparks when I grow up. Okay, it's like it's all I can do to keep from taking a nap when we're done with the show. <laughs> like, oh, I got to post the show. Oh no, I mean, show, Tuesday it was bad. Tuesday I was still kind of not feeling well, even though I had a negative test. Yeah, I was like. I do have to do another show now. And I was like, <laughs> I can do it. I'm yeah. okay. Well, and it's, I am feeling better. It's so. starting to move into your head, you were saying, into your sinuses. Yeah, it's, it's gone from uh, my throat up to now. It's just kind of in my nose. Mm, I haven't fun. had a fever for over a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of moving up and out, like like floating out of my body, hopefully. <laughs> Gross. Um, and I can't wait to for 90 days to get my next booster because I'm getting one no matter what y'all say. Okay, um, yeah, me too. I don't want this yeah, I'm again. I'm getting one too. Hey, I'm scheduled for Sunday. I'm getting my Omicron booster from Moderna on Sunday at 1 o'clock I know, in the had afternoon. we not had the super spreader event at my house with only 30 people, everybody was vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, had we just waited mm-hmm. until mid-September, That's right. I'd have been fine. Well, uh, we have uh, some things to celebrate today because today is Steve Bannon is fucked day. Yeah, we can be sad about Judge Cannon and jump for joy about Steve Bannon. Let's see what's in the news today. What happened to Steve? (laughs) Okay, I get to restart the cops thing now because that was perfect. Thank you. You know what? Sometimes we need to commit some of those things to tape, David. Uh, Yeah, so a couple of things facing uh, poor, poor... Uh, Steve Bannon and sadly enough none of them involve contempt of hygiene charges that's not on the not on the plate today that's a Buzz Burbank joke one of my one of my favorites Uh, according to NBC News former Trump chief strategist Stephen Bannon 
has been indicted on six counts tied to money laundering, fraud, and conspiracy by the Manhattan DA. Money laundering? And New York Attorney General for his alleged role in a scheme to pay the head of We Build a Wall. If convicted, he could face five to 15 years in prison. Hooray, I'll take that. So he turned himself in. Uh, to the Manhattan DA's office today, and uh, that was fun to watch. Uh, he said this. He blurted this on his way into the uh, DA's office. He said, Trump won. Biden's illegitimate. He said, Trump won. Biden's illegitimate. <sighs> and if you listen carefully, you can hear Whistle Guy in the background. Right. Trump won. Biden's illegitimate. That's Whistle Guy. Whistle Guy is the new hero. I'm saying Whistle Guy. Could be a yeah. woman, too. I don't know. But there's someone with a whistle who every time... Steve Bannon goes into a courthouse, is in public in any way, and there are cameras and microphones nearby. Whistle person shows up and starts blowing that whistle to make sure that very little of Steve Bannon's audio can be used on the news later. And that's fucking great. More like that, please. It's like the uh, audio alternative to that guy who holds the traitor sign outside the courthouses and so on. Love that guy. He's my favorite. Yes. And so I love that these people are trolling Steve Bannon because Steve Uh Bannon is the supreme troll of all time. Steve Mm -hmm. Bannon knows that he's full of shit. And we know that he knows that he's full of shit. You can see it on his face every time he talks, including when he said today, Trump won, Biden's illegitimate. The look on his face indicates this is a guy who doesn't buy anything that's coming out of his mouth, that he's just saying these things, almost like cheap crowd pleaser jokes where, you know, okay, you can come up with something easy to talk about airplane peanuts and the crowd will go, ah, airplane peanuts. Ha ha. I get it. (laughs) Right. But there's nothing behind it. There's nothing any deeper than just the basic surface. We're throwing red meat to the uh, Red Hat audience. And that's exactly what he does over and over. And it's, it's always amazing to me when you realize that none of these people actually notice that he himself knows that he's full of shit. So, uh, of course he does. He does it for money. He doesn't yeah. believe anything out of his mouth other than destroying western civilization he doesn't believe in anything else right right uh and wearing more than one shirt at a time yes i know he's gonna be very upset when he can only wear the one jumpsuit i'm convinced that in his head he thinks he's like a 1998 abercrombie and fitch model like weird like you know he totally like the hair the shirts with the popped collars he like is totally trying to be a 21 year old frat boy well there was and, a like, time david that he didn't look like quato from total recall i mean there I was know. there was a time when steve bannon looked like a human being and then, then he, he be- didn't look like covid had monkeypox <laughs> <laughs> that's a chris lavoy thing i'm gonna give that to chris that was his idea i love it he also gets a rim shot very good. <laughs> so at some point in his life, and I don't know what triggered this, uh, seems like meth or something that began this process of decomposition, where his, his body teeth are too good for meth. His apart. teeth are too good for meth. <laughs> splotchy, um, splotchy Steve. And he weighs too much for meth. Yeah. Or Trump's nickname for Steve Bannon when Trump hated Steve Bannon in 2017 was Sloppy Steve. That was also mm-hmm. a good one. Uh, so We Build the Wall, Inc. took in roughly $25 million. 
Bannon and several of associates were accused of using the nonprofit's organization's funds to personally enrich themselves, with Bannon himself accused of pocketing $1 million. He was arrested in August 2020, picked up by federal authorities on a luxury yacht owned by Chinese expatriate (laughs) Guo Wengui. Uh, Trump pardoned Bannon on his last day in office, January 2021, but presidential pardons only apply to federal charges, not state ones. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. And Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and New York Attorney General Letitia James continued their investigations of Bannon and the We Build the Wall Association. Two of Bannon's associates, Brian Colfage. I have a sound here. Stephen K. Bannon and Brian Colfage. That was from some... (laughs) Something Isn't Alvin did. Bragg Soros backed? Isn't that what I heard? That yeah. Alvin Bragg is Soros backed. Oh God! Right. Yeah, I saw that. So we got Brian Colfage. We got Andrew Botolato. Uh, they did Those not receive names. pardons. They pled guilty to charges of defrauding donors in April. And a third, Timothy Shea, had a trial end in a mistrial back in June after the jury deadlocked. A retrial is scheduled for October. There was a woman outside the uh, DA's office today who was screaming at Steve Bannon. This was wonderful. She was saying, stop hurting America, you creepy two-bit grifter. <laughs> that was nice. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank I've you, heard, two-bit actually, grifter lady. That, yeah. Yeah. COVID's afraid to go to jail now because it might catch Steve Bannon. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So he's uh, probably going to get released on bail to some extent. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he was back on his stupid fucking podcast this afternoon. Can he can he use the ill-gotten gains to post bail? I don't think I so. I don't think so. No. And that's the other next layer to the story is that the IRS has stripped Bannon's dark money group of its tax-exempt status. Filings posted in August show the IRS essentially rendered defunct citizens of the American Republic the MAGA-boosting group Bannon founded shortly after his unceremonious ouster as ex-President Donald Trump's chief strategist in 2017. The move effectively cuts off the organization's capacity to raise and spend unlimited funds from anonymous donors for political ends. The organization was reportedly troubled from the outset and was a key part of the embezzlement case that saw federal officers arrest the right-wing Svengali off the deck of a billionaire's yacht in August 2020, only for Trump to pardon Bannon, and we all know how that went down. And not saving Steve Bannon at all, is it? And then yesterday, Steve Bannon said this. (laughs) This is hilarious. They are coming after all of us, not only President Trump and myself. I am never going to stop fighting. In fact, I have not yet begun to fight. He is so full of shit, and he knows it. And then he ended up saying, then he said, they will have to kill me first. Is that a threat or a promise? You know, That just reminds me of Gilligan's Island when the Japanese soldier guy had been in sub for so long, and he was, like, trying to get, like, Ginger to make out with him, and she's like, I'd rather die. And he's like, that could be arranged. (laughs) My God. That's what I hear in my head. I'll have to kill me first. That could be arranged. Yeah. Well, he knows he's going to be convicted because he was previously. Right, right. The great thing about this is Alvin Bragg and Letitia James, they've got the roadmap for Steve Bannon already set up because the feds did this work already. They've already got the groundwork done. It's just a matter of following the uh, the template set by uh, the Department of Justice and then proceeding from there, which should be pretty open and shut. You know, if there was no danger 
at the federal level, at the Department of Justice level of Steve uh-huh. Bannon getting convicted, then Donald Trump probably wouldn't have pardoned him. Right. So in this case, <laughs> it's probably going to land in a conviction. I'm not saying that that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm it's just New York, forecasting. They hate, they hate him. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing, the other dimension to all of this. If you're a, a red hat, if you're a dyed-in-the-wool MAGA fanboy. Dipshit. Yeah, dipshit. Good. <laughs> you're thinking, holy shit. Maybe these other organizations I've been donating my life savings to are also using these uh, as fronts for money laundering and enriching themselves. And that includes Save America Pack. We've got some Save America Pack news uh, coming up here in a second. Yeah. But you know, th- you these some people. Sap are, news? Yeah, these people aren't self aware enough to realize that they're being duped. And I think one of the reasons why they were targeted as suckers, why they were regarded and still are regarded as marks in all of this, is because they're the same people who have historically handed over their checking accounts and their life savings to traveling televangelists and faith healers and, you know, all these kinds of scam artists who are like, okay, the degree to which I pray for you is all dependent on how much you pay me. And so (laughs) these people have fallen for that for decades and decades and decades. And so to come along and say to these same people, yes, we're going to save you from the radical left Dems who are telling you you can't say the N-word and who are elevating uh, trans people and so on. Okay, well, all right, where do I sign? Where's my checkbook? And Steve Bannon knows that. Donald Trump knows that. The entire Red Hat Entertainment Complex is built on that. It's built on suckering these people, divorcing them from their money by the millions, millions and millions and millions of people. I mean, you could say upwards of 74 million people, the total number of people who voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Now, maybe it's not that total number. Maybe it's not that high. But a large chunk of those people have handed over so much cash to these obvious, obvious con men, scam artists. Have you seen the new Liber- the uh, Lincoln Project ad that aired this morning on Fox News that Trump no. said on? Because they're basically saying, congratulations, MAGA, you got suckered. Yes. And they're laying out the case. Nice. Well, then nice. Donald Trump has threatened to sue the Lincoln Project. And then Rick Wilson did a video where he kind of dared Donald Trump. He didn't kind of dare Donald Trump. He dared Donald Trump to sue him. It's like, bring it on, you slob. And then he, I think he ended with, oh, by the way, fuck you. He said at the end of the video, yeah. talking directly to Donald Trump. Rick Wilson's out on his back deck or whatever, just saying, all right, come on, man. Let's see you do it. I dare you. Uh, because Donald Trump would never do that. He's, obviously. No, Donald- but he always threatens to. And yeah. And then doesn't follow through yeah, or, yeah. or just send some completely nonsensical letter that he dictated to his lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, also mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned save America pack a, a second ago, the one six grand jury we've got two grand juries that are involved in Donald Trump's crimes right now in Washington, DC. One is looking into one six. The other is looking into uh, Donald Trump's document theft. Well, the one six grand jury is investigating Trump's save America pack. As, I know. Of, as of right now, which is also great news. We've known that Save America Pack is a big grift. It's a big slush fund for Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Very it's literally little called SAP. Yeah, right, right. And <clears throat> at one point, it was, I think they had raised, uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars and only had spent 
a few thousand dollars on his actual uh, stop the steal or whatever it is uh, campaign. Very little of the money that Donald Trump raised went to that effort to recount the votes or try to overturn the election. Uh, Most of it went to Donald Trump, went to paying Donald Trump's travel expenses and so on. You know, and we already know that Donald Trump and his ridiculous children had to lose their Trump Foundation charity. And in fact, they had to go to classes to learn how to not defraud people with charity. (laughs) That's a real thing. Eric Jr. and Ivanka all had to attend a special class. Classes, yes. Sort of like when you get a DUI or sort of like when you file for bankruptcy, they make you take like a credit management course in order to get your life back together and make sure that you don't rack up a bunch of credit (laughs) debt again. Oh yeah, just like a regular traffic thing. You gotta go to traffic school. Exactly, (laughs) and this is what they had to do. And yet there are still millions and millions of people who are like, yeah, again, where's my checkbook? I got to give more money to save America back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't get it. These people, oh my God, they're rubes. They really are. Rubes, rubes. The interest in the fundraising arm came to light as part of a, a series of grand jury subpoenas seeking documents, records, and testimony from potential witnesses, according to sources. This is uh, reported by ABC News. The subpoenas sent to several individuals in recent weeks are specifically seeking to understand the timeline of Save America's formation, the organization's fundraising activities, and how money is both received and spent by the Trump-aligned Political Action Committee. So, and as we all know, if Donald Trump declares his candidacy for president, he can no longer access that money. However, he won't. Yeah, if, they, won't. End, if they end up freezing Save America Pack as a consequence of this investigation, he won't get it anyway. But I, I think, like that better. I think he's going to continue to milk Save America Pack until the last possible mm. second, because yes. that's the whole point of it. As we've been saying all along. Donald Trump is not a wealthy man. Donald Trump is not a billionaire. His whole empire is like Russian money and uh, Deutsche Bank debt and scotch tape and bubble gum. I mean, that's what's holding Well, his son-in-law has $2 billion. And lots of hairspray, yeah. Maybe he can borrow from Jared. (laughs) Yeah, Jared is actually more financially stable than Donald Trump is. Absolutely. So is his daughter. I mean, they, they both actually make money. I imagine Donald Trump is extraordinarily resentful of that, of the fact that Jerry yeah. Kushner got $2 billion. And that leads us to... I think that's where the the foreign country... The, I do, too. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. let me back up so I can actually get the words in order. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> that's the, Israel, I think, is the foreign country who is being identified in court yeah. documents as the, the nuclear power that mm-hmm. whose information Trump had. Yeah. You know, just lying and his, you know, stuck, wadded up and pu- shoved into his sock drawer at Marlar Alago. It's unbelievable. Um, this terrified me. You know, I think he was going to sell it to the Saudis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so strange that this story of all stories that we've experienced in recent memory really kind of threw me for a loop. I mean, I had a terrible, like, nuclear attack nightmare that night where yeah. it was like a, I dreamt about a mushroom cloud. It was, it was crazy. And it was this story that caused that because... What we're talking about here is very potentially dangerous information. And if it is Israel, which we all know, I was talking to Wajahana Lee about this yesterday on the show, is that, yeah, it's an open secret that Israel has a nuclear program, nuclear weapons program. 
But the fact of the matter is that the details of that program are so secretive, and America's involvement in that program is Mm -hmm. super-duper secret. And so if that information gets out in some way, shape, or form, and remember, it sat possibly in Donald Trump's desk drawer. I mean, there are several places it could have been at Mar-a-Lago, but it sat at Donald Trump's country club for 18 goddamn months, only to be seized by the FBI on August 8th. I'm not saying he's necessarily sold anything or used this yet, but why did he keep the document? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. If it's Israel, then he was using this potentially to extort Israel or Mm -hmm. extort the United States as a suicide switch, as a dead man's switch. Yep. If for some reason, ha ha ha, Donald Trump is prosecuted... Donald Trump can say to the Department of Justice, all right, you keep doing this. I've handed off copies of this document to so-and-so. And if this prosecution goes forward in 24 hours, this document's going to uh, leak to Breitbart or Fox News or whoever. Or, whoops, this document fell out of my briefcase when we were visiting Riyadh. So there are yeah. all kinds of possibilities of what could be done with that. And none of it leads anywhere good. Because then... I mean, we've, all, we've always known that Israel is at the center of what potentially could be Armageddon in the Middle East. I mean, we've seen the uh, Christo-fascists in this country actually mm-hmm. manifesting more strife in the Middle East because they know that if uh, the end of the world comes along, it's going to start there, and that's where Jesus is going to come back, and that's where their twisted form of Christianity is going to be fully fulfilled, and they're going to be taken up to heaven. They're going to ascend into heaven with the Lord, and etc. <clears throat> and so they want yeah, that. You know, newsflash. If the world ends, it's going to be something so small that you can't see it from space, like a mosquito. What's uh, kind of amazing in all of this, and this is, something is definitely happening at Fox News, because they brought yeah. in Bill Barr almost every day this week. They're worried to, about some Dominion lawsuits. Yeah, and also to tear apart all of the uh, Red Hat talking points, all of the mm-hmm. Trump talking points about this nuclear weapons information, about the search and seizure at Mar-a-Lago, about the special master, and all the rest of it. So when we come back here, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about uh, Bill Barr's rampage against Trump on Fox News. And I will tell you right away, I'm not saying Bill Barr is suddenly redeemed. Bill Barr oh, is no. not redeemed. He pulled like a bumble snow monster defanging of the <laughs> Mueller report, uh, which he should never be forgiven for. He absolutely interfered on Trump's behalf with all of that shit. And in fact, we've got another story coming up here today. It's not getting a whole lot of attention on Twitter, but it involves Jeffrey Berman. He was the U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York who succeeded Preet Bharara. Remember that whole changeover where Preet Bharara was fired and replaced by Jeffrey Berman? Well, Jeffrey Berman's got a new book coming out where it contains all kinds of juicy information about what Trump was doing with the Department of Justice and the pressure that was put on Jeffrey Berman to, uh, well, shall we say, do certain things to certain people. Oh my. All right. Yes. Yes. So that and a whole lot more coming up here in just a few minutes. But first, uh, here's the best way to listen to this show without all of these damn commercials like the one I'm reading right now. 
You can just go to our Patreon page at bobsuskashow.com. And once you're there, you can scroll down to the link for the ultimate edition of the podcast. Click that link. It's $15 a month. And what you get in exchange for your super generous support is we're going to give you a completely commercial-free version of the Tuesday show, commercial-free version of the Wednesday show, and a commercial-free version of the Thursday show. Plus, you're also going to get the shadow dockets at the uh, end of every Tuesday and Thursday show. But wait, more dings. There's more. More dings. You're also going to get the <laughs> Friday After Party podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson included in that level of support. Again, all for just $15 per month. It's the ultimate edition level on our Patreon page. Don't forget, the ultimate edition. That's the, the button you click on on our Patreon page to sign up for this. And what you get in return, <coughs> as I choke on my own spit, <coughs> what you get in return <coughs> is everything that we have to offer on our Patreon page. Now, bear in mind, you have to listen to the bonus materials either on the Patreon page or via the app, or if you know anything about RSS feeds, you can incorporate the Patreon RSS feed into your podcast player of choice. There's that method too. But they're not just going to magically show up in your Apple Podcasts or your iTunes or whatever. You have to go and, and listen at the specific place at bobseskashow.com. Again, it is the ultimate edition, bobseskashow.com, and we thank you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! All-time favorites all day long! That's a brand new single from Novelist Me. There's a song called You. You want the fire and the passion and the chase, but you want your freedom. Which reminds me of when I was a kid. Yeah, I love this song. Mm. Yeah. Brand spanking new, new single. I've got a link in the description to support like Novelist Me. You want the fire yeah. Just go it reminds to Bob- me of K-Rock in 1976. It's it's amazing. It's oh, great. yeah, yeah. Just go to bobseska.com, find this episode. It is dated 9-8-22. And uh, go to that page, scroll on down, you'll see the links for all of our indie bands. And by the way, uh, 
I was talking on Tuesday about how there hasn't been an Any Music Countdown in a while, and I think what we're going to do is uh, retire that only for special occasions. Like, every once in a while, I'll do an Any Music Countdown, but not every month anymore. Just, it's it's not getting the downloads I was hoping for. It's just one of those things. I mean, these are brand new bands. No one's ever heard of these bands. They're the yes. greatest music you never heard of before. And so, sometimes... It's difficult to build an audience for bands that, uh, you know, aren't uh, household names. So as a consequence of that, what I'm going to start doing, and and it's not going to be this week, but soon I'm going to start including all of the songs that we play during the course of the free show. I'm going to include the full length songs at the end of the show. So we'll make sure to get full plays for everything. Yeah, there's a couple of podcasters I know of who also do that. I think it's a great idea. Buzz suggested it to me on on Tuesday. That's a great idea. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you'll get to listen to the full length songs. We kind of do that on the after party because there is an indie uh, band song that we play to start off the after party, too. And then I bring it back at the end of the show and play the full length thing. So why not also do that on the free show as well? Yeah. So I think that's going to be the uh, alternative for all of that. All right, bobsuska.com slash music. We are absolutely going to continue playing indie music as long as we're doing the show, and which I hope will be like, I don't know, the next 40 years. You're stuck with me for the next 40 years at least, so deal with it. Who's tapping? Who's, who's that would be me. I was like, okay. my head went, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 55. I'm not living another 40 years, Bob. I swear to God, I'm not the Queen of England. <laughs> Well, I'm just, I'm saying me, I'll be doing it. You're all welcome to join me. Uh, (laughs) But if you decide that you don't want to anymore, that's fine too. But, uh, you know, I'll be sad all by myself here. Uh, All right. Getting back. I'll haunt you in your dreams. (laughs) Oh, by the way, the FBI uh, sought to interview a 31-year-old Trump aide named William Russell. This is uh, more breaking news coming down today. So seems really like the law is closing in coming on down? Donald Trump. Yeah, the FBI, the, the FBI this week sought to interview a 31-year-old former Trump aide as part of its investigation into the Jan 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol, according to the New York Times. FBI agents in Florida attempted to interview William Russell, who served as a special assistant and deputy director of presidential advance operations in the White House. Oh, my old job under uh, former President Trump and continue to work with Trump after he left office. Russell has not yet been interviewed, the Times reported, citing people familiar with the matter, but it signals that federal investigators are closing, are inching closer to Donald Trump's personal orbit of advisors and confidants. And we've been reporting that for quite some time now, too. So don't sweat it. You know, it's not just the document theft. In fact, you know, the document theft kind of snuck up behind all of us. Yeah. Very few of us saw that one coming. And it's been a pleasant surprise, hasn't it? <laughs> but we were all paying attention to this other investigation, which now, by the way, also includes a DOJ grand jury. So Thank God. don't sweat it. They seem to be on it. Justice is coming, as uh, as uh, Glenn Kirshner likes to say. It bends towards justice. There's a bending and there's it, justice yes. and there's... Lots of I don't even bending. Know. It's a slow but bending. Exceedingly fine. Is it Peronis yeah. or? <laughs> and I love Is how they have to illustrate it using fruits and vegetables a in the commercials. They yes. use it in a carrot form. Yes. Oh, God bless them. Because God we're little them. tiny prudish children in this country. And if there's a- Oh, no. You remember the bra commercials in the 70s when they had to wear the bra over the 
shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah, or the uh, maxi pad commercials that use the blue liquid that they pour oh, down. Oh, they still do. Yeah. They oh, they do. do. Okay. Yeah, yes, because still. we're too well, delicate to see. We're talking about yeah, Smurf menstruation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That might be I, the name still, of today's I mean, show. They still use the blue crap, but I mean, yeah. I remember like Anita Bryant, <laughs> who was awful <laughs> on so many levels, wearing the bullet bras in the 70s over a, like a blue leotard. Smurf like, menstruation. <laughs> Smurf menstruation. That's the name of the show. But the uh, only one female Smurf <laughs> that they all menstruate. The only one. She's yes. the one girl. But in the Peronis commercial, we have to make a commercial about guys whose penises are crooked, but we can only illustrate it using cucumbers carrots. and bananas and carrots. <laughs> Ben's, well, he was like, what is this a commercial for? <laughs> Wait, like, it was one of the early ones, and it was like all this bent up. He was like, and he was, I think he had decided that it was for like a produce company. That yeah. Was imperfect <laughs> vegetable people, mm-hmm. you know? And then like, it's all about like, all these side effects start coming on, and he's like, wait a minute. Like, what's wrong with these fruits and vegetables? Like, <laughs> that they can cause a life-threatening infection of the perineum. Like, oh my you know, god, it's like, <laughs> so funny. Oh my god, I but love But it's that. only when the, the 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 said carrot is happy. Yeah. That we notice that there's a bent. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the the weird thing about the Peronis commercial is. There are lots of guys who have kind of a curved penis when it's yeah. hard, right? Yeah. But how About do you differentiate? How do you, yeah? And of course, yeah. I'll say, I'll say it. I'll be. I'll have too much information here on the show. My penis is curved when it's hard. D- does that mean I have Peronis? I don't think I've got no. Peronis. I don't think it's no. It's or an unnatural deformed. angle. Okay. No, it's right. it's Caused when it, by... it's it's something that happens at calcium or something, and it, it happens later. It's not like you were born with that. It's yeah. just it's right. something that has has happened. Uh-huh. And it's usually be- an injury. And then yeah. it like, forms a scar, and then the scar starts to calcify and pull the penis out of shape. Yes. Because finally, some chick actually kicked you in the nuts during a, <laughs> during a superhero movie. That's right. When she's usually just trying to strangle you, <laughs> and why is she not kicking you in the nuts? I just never understand that. Oh, man, the direction Now we have to know what goes. direction. What, or is mine? it just change according to, like, the weather? It's like a weather vane. It, like, oh, it's, it's going to snow. <laughs> I'm pointing to the right. Are you, you, know, are you like, talking about me or are you talking about just in general? Yeah. You're like, yeah, just oh, the curves. Mine has a tendency. Or mine right curves or? upward. Yeah, yeah. Up? Right, yeah, I think that's pretty normal, right? It'd be weird if it was, like, yeah. doing, like, a zigzag or a figure eight. That would be a strange thing. You know, I have maybe, this ex- like, like my sciatica, sign. you know, like my, you know, my scoliosis. <laughs> like, the penis does that. Like, my scoliosis. No, listen. No, I had an ex, and it was like the, I just, his penis appeared to be up to something. It was, <laughs> you know. It was up it, to no good, that penis. It was up to no good. And it yeah. had a slight bend to the left. And I just, I don't know, I never trusted it. I just, it, 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 <laughs> A little too communist for you. A little too communist. <laughs> yes. Not, no, it had nothing to do with politics. It was more that it just <laughs> yes, seemed it was, you're, you're, as inherently dishonest as its owner. <laughs> your ex, your ex's penis was a leftist. It was a yes, radi- radical was a left leftist. dem. Yeah. No, but I'm of, a leftist. I'm okay. a gauchiste. So like, no, it wasn't that. It had nothing to do with politics. And everything you, you sure? do. He was a communist. He was a communist. Just let me know. It was kind of squinting at you in a way. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's uncomfortable. Was it blinking a little bit? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) 
I've seen them blink. It's weird. So Jeffrey Berman, you remember Jeffrey Berman? He was the U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, uh, yes. SDNY, and uh-huh. he replaced Preet Bharara, and right. we all kind of gave him the skunk eye because he was like a hand-picked Trump U.S. attorney. And he has now got a book out, and the book contains accounts of how department officials tried to have allusions, with an A, to Mr. Trump scrubbed from charging papers for Michael Cohen, his former personal lawyer, and how the attorney general later tried to have his conviction reversed. It tells of pressure to pursue John Kerry, who had angered Mr. Trump by attempting to preserve the nuclear deal he had negotiated with Iran. In September 2018, Mr. Berman writes, two months before the November midterms, a senior department official called Mr. Berman's deputy cited the Southern District's recent prosecutions of two prominent Trump loyalists and bluntly asserted that the office, which had been investigating Gregory B. Craig, a powerful Democratic lawyer, should charge him and should do so before Election Day. So what? this is this is election manipulation, what, number 895 for the Donald yeah. Trump White House? Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. And it's, oh, the system is rigged. Is it, they're rigged against us. That was a rigged election that I won by a lot. That was their whole thing. That's why everyone who gets busted for voting yes. fraud lives at the fucking villages. Zelensky. Yeah. They're like, well, you know. Yeah, Zelensky, uh, yeah. Burisma, Ukraine. That was one. There was the insurrection. That was another one. The big lie was another one. This is an, yet another one. They're trying to get this guy, Gregory Craig, uh, charged before Election Day. So Trump could go, look at another crooked, another crooked, radical left dem lawyer. So much trouble, so much, so vicious. Does anyone else, when they hear Preet Bahara's name, hear that Oklahoma, like the music? <laughs> Preet ah! Bahara was a prosecutor in the end of party. You know, like... <laughs> No, just me. It's just no, you, honey. You're, I wonder, you're, you are the Queen of England now, so yes, that's just you. I wonder if Rocky Mountain Mike toyed with that at one point. Maybe, maybe not. He uh, might have. We don't know. I'll suggest it to him. <laughs> he loves that. Mr. Berman's book says that during Mr. Trump's presidency, department officials made, quote, overtly political demands, choosing targets that would directly further Mr. Trump's desires for revenge and advantage. That's like Donald Trump's bread and butter. Or yeah. his various breads and butters. It's the only thing he's good at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like revenge. dragging out lawsuits. Revenge and leverage is what he's all about. Mr. Berman wrote that the pressure was clearly inspired by the president's openly professed wants. This is the New wow. York Times reporting this. Wow. Mr. I'm going to read this again. Mr. Berman wrote that the pressure was clearly inspired by the president's openly professed wants. Donald Trump looked at the presidency like it was a shopping spree for him personally. Like, remember the, the, the fun shopping? Like, people would get an award where they could run around a, uh, a grocery store or department store with a shopping yeah. cart and fill it with all the free stuff that they wanted, and it was timed. That was Donald Trump's presidency. He went through the federal government like a contest winner who won a shopping spree. I'm going to take that document. I'm going to take that. Oh, that'll be useful against Lindsey Graham. Oh, that'll be yep. useful for... Uh, extorting Israel or whatever. The RNC emails? Yeah, all that shit. All of the Russiagate documents, the Trump-Russia documents. I'm going to take those as well. By the way, I'm going to use the presidency. I'm going to use the Department of Justice as my personal law enforcement agency. And Mm -hmm. they are now going to be commanded to uh, prosecute all of my political enemies. Yep. And that's how he viewed 
everything about the presidency. It wasn't that he was becoming a steward of the executive branch. He felt as though he owned the executive branch. He owned, temporarily at least, the White House. I told you, he thinks anything he touches belongs to him. Mm -hmm. And he figured as long as he was in physical possession of the White House, he was king of the hill, it was his, and nobody could take it away. It's mine. Right. It's mine, you understand? Mine. All mine. Down, down, down. Go, go, go. Mine, mine, mine. (laughs) Totally him. See, that's like too sympathetic and cute to be Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, it I is. think I so. I mean, D- Daffy is way adorable. Quote, throughout my tenure as U.S. Attorney, Mr. Berman, uh, age 62, writes, Trump's Justice Department kept demanding that I use my office to aid them politically, and I kept declining in ways just tactful enough to keep me from being fired. I walked this tightrope for two and a half years, writes Mr. Berman, who is now in private practice. Eventually, the rope snapped. My God, it he just... Should, I, I think he should have said something prior to this. Yeah, well, that's the other Again, thing. it's like, why did you all wait? Why did yeah. you wait? Why did, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Right, that's... see, like, for, like, old white men, it's not as urgent. They don't feel the same, like, fi- rich well, old white guys. they shouldn't have guys, to. Yeah, yeah, they don't have you know, to. The fire is not, like, creeping up their legs, you know? They're not, like, trying to keep you from being able to teach in school or to be able to, like, put a picture of your wife or husband on the bulletin board at your job, you know? like. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the they, problem they with all of that. understand the, the urgency. No, they don't. The, the system with taking a job, working in the administration or working in government at all, the federal government, uh, whichever level, is that uh, usually it's wealthy guys who get these political appointments. Yes. Uh, and therefore, in order to take those jobs, they have to take a big pay cut, where government mm. work does not pay a whole lot in a relative sense, especially if you're a uh, millionaire. Oh, my God. Only $174,000 a year. Oh, how dare. How I could know. they live? But the consolation is that when you're done doing the job, you get a book deal. It's not automatic, yeah. but yeah, mm-hmm. usually if you've had at least or a lobbying of a, job or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if you've had somewhat of a, a public profile as part of that uh, federal position, if people know your name at least tangentially, then that's enough to parlay into a book deal, and that's where the real money comes in. And so the process mm-hmm. is accumulate all this shit while you're working mm-hmm. for the federal government, and then once you're done, uh, you go and you do your book. And that's the consolation prize, or that's the. Uh, I the wish bonus. I could make as little money as they do. Oh God! Well, but what pisses me off is the, is the the writers out there, the Maggie Habermans and 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 uh, uh, what's his fuck? Um, <laughs> that president's guy. men, yeah. all the president's men guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I see Jody has entered I'm the chat. So angry! <laughs> uh, it's like these people that are not working in government who have the information and don't let us know when it's important. Right. So, I mean, come on. And you're Maggie Haberman. They have jobs. Yes. They're not going to lose their gigs. Mm -hmm. It's like, let the information out when we need it as voters. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I've been saying on Stephanie's show all week, I want to know within 60 days of an election if somebody's under investigation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, we just hit that mark today. We just hit that sixty-day uh, mark, 60, sixty days, days out yeah. from. Uh, That's the why Steve Bannon was like, "Oh, it's sixty days, dude. You're not running for office." Eh? Yeah, <laughs> and it's day sixty. 
by the way. And it's day 60, so, so fuck you. Yeah, no one cares. No one cares. Steve Bannon is not going to be some sort of uh, martyr for the cause. People are like, ah. God, no. Privately, the Red Hats are like, yeah, we could do without him. Yeah, we, we don't, COVID we has gout, guy. which has monkey pox. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to take one last break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about, oh, our old friend Judge Reed O'Connor is back in the oh, news. God. Oh, God. Back with more show right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska plays more music. Guy's a great guitarist. This is a really guy named Chris Stark. He is the son of our one of our Patreon subscribers, Ian Stark, from Hawaii. Wow. By the way, aloha to Ian Stark. Wait, and where to, did he grow up? Because I th- I might have met him. He sounds so familiar. The yeah, that he, name. He's a regular on our Patreon page. We see him in the comments a, a whole lot. And turns out his kid is a uh, indie recording artist. And I say I say kid. He's in a he's a grown up, not not a kid, but you know. This is a song called Dancing in the Rain, uh, Reimagined, from his album Juxtaposition. Yeah, it's all instrumental stuff. It's really good. It's, and it's a variety of uh, styles, by the way. It's not just, this is a little bit more jazzy, I think. There's some other more rockin' tunes on this one, too. I got a link in the description. ChrisStark.com. Again, the album is Juxtaposition, and then in parentheses, Reimagined. Yeah. Another good one, bobseska.com slash music uh, to submit your stuff to the show. Thank you for doing that. Judge Reed O'Connor just stepped in a giant pile of shit again, willingly, because uh, if you remember previous mentions of Judge Reed O'Connor, he's that Texas district judge who wanted to invalidate all of the Affordable Care Act because they zeroed out the penalty for the individual mandate. Which was just absurd because the Affordable Care Act is not just all about the mandate or no, the it's not. insurance exchanges. Nope. There are so many other things in there that have nothing yep. to do with the mandate or the penalty for the mandate. What was useful about the penalty for not signing up for insurance 
was that it would help finance the subsidies on the exchange for people who and couldn't it helped, afford it, it. By the way, I'm not on the subsidy, but it would keep my premiums down. Yeah, yeah. It, it kept everyone's premiums down. That's one of the reasons why the Affordable Care Act was such an ingenious way to proceed about this as a stepping stone to something closer to universal uh, health care. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, my premiums, by the way, are more monthly than my mortgage. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not quite that bad for me. I, I've been pretty lucky, although I'm just uh, I'm just one guy. I mean, Kimberly and I aren't married, so it's not mm. like a not like a family household kind of situation with our uh, insurance payments. But my uh, insurance is almost nine hundred dollars a month. Oh my god, that's insane! I uh, my, I'm not even that sick. Yeah, my insurance, my health insurance in California was. I didn't know was, she was sick. I didn't know I was sick. Apparently, I am. Um, I mean, literally, my insurance payments are one hundred eight hundred fifty-two dollars a month and some change. And mine is oh, less Jesus. than half that. That's so strange. Maybe you've got a higher I don't have tier. Insurance. I'm in the. Uh, I'm in. I'm in a. I'm in silver. I'm not that high. Yeah, me too. What the hell is is Lonnie included on your insurance? No. It's just in. You're just it's covered just individually. Me. It's just me. Wow, that's crazy. I have yeah, no I'm idea old, why that would be. Apparently, and a yeah. girl. Because we was, actually use insurance. So there's that. I mean, I had signed up when I lived in California. It was Northern California. Maybe that's the big difference. I don't know. But it seemed like a place with more population like Los Angeles would have lower premiums because the vast You'd number think. of people there signed up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, think. So anyway, so he failed to, uh, Judge Reed O'Connor failed to completely invalidate the Affordable Care Act because it went to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court overruled him, kept the Affordable Care Act in place because that's the smart and right thing to do. Well, now Reed O'Connor has ruled that requiring employers to provide coverage for PrEP drugs, which is preventing the transmission of HIV, violates the religious rights of employers under- How? The RFRA. How? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's obviously these are employers who are bent out of shape because there might be gay people who need this medication. I mean, uh, straight people get HIV. Yes, they Hi. do. Yes, they do. And that's the one of many well, you know, giant loopholes. Well, you know, if you're married, yeah. you can't get HIV. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus won't let you. So, like... That, you know, it's a, if you're if you're just having sex to make babies, there will be no HIV for anyone ever, and there will be no need for abortions or birth control. So that's, I mean, that's how their thinking works. Well, you're right, David. That's how it works. God, I, this is so absurd. This is gonna be overturned. This has to be overturned. Although it the Hobby Lobby decision makes me think, well, I'm not gonna rely on the Supreme Court to do that. So hopefully, Hobby Lobby's <sighs> decision was about birth control, which is slightly different. Yeah, but it was a religious objection situation where with yeah but but this is this is a disease that affects See, but everybody yeah killing babies in the fundamentalist mind is on par <laughs> with boys putting their peepees in other boys buttholes like i yeah. mean to them it's an equal offense against god right right you know, well, and, and sodomy and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. And one of the reasons I brought that up, too, is because the Supreme Court was just absurd in the Hobby Lobby decision. Yes, they were. They were basically like, well, if you believe that morning after pills are uh, abortion inducing, then they are. They're not. Irrespective of the science, there are several morning after pills that are covered in the Affordable Care Act that do not induce an abortion. They merely stop the fertilization of the egg. Yeah, I mean, until it's implanted in the uterine wall, Mm -hmm. there ain't no baby. 
Well, and then also mm -hmm. the Hyde Amendment would have prevented any medication from being covered that would actually induce an abortion. But then the Supreme Court was like, well, if you think they induce an abortion, if that's your closely held religious belief, then they do, which is fucking magic nonsense. It is. Right? And so that was... I would bet, though, yeah. that 90% of these politicians, these men do not... They, like, if you ask them, like, how do women pee with a tampon in? They'd be like, oh. oh my God! Oh, oh, oh. You know, yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> they have they're no idea. They're literally... They're mm -hmm. literally men that go, how to pee... Wait, what? Yeah. Y'all, well, what? It's amazing the vast number of men who have no idea what's going on down there. Just have no sense of anatomy. That's supposed well, to be their obvious. playing field. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that's supposed to be like, that's your territory, dude. You're supposed to love pussy. So get in there and learn about it. But yeah. no. If women had orgasms to get pregnant, we would have about a billion people on the planet. <laughs> yes, far fewer births, right? Uh, but that's, that's the amazing thing. That's one of the big uh, contradictions among, like, radically heterosexual men who are like who wear it on their sleeve and they're macho tough guys like Donald Trump they have no idea where the clitoris is it's not like you, you don't need exactly. a fucking treasure map to find it and you know I what know else where mine is I can show you well the other not thing is you too but you know <laughs> well, yeah and part of the reason why they don't know is because they're terrified of that area they're like ew it smells or ew it's gross I'm not gonna put my face down there it's just it's this glaring contradiction in toxic masculinity they are so, so afraid of the vagina it's incredible terrifying pulsing hypnotic cave of evil you know? <laughs> right right <laughs> So, uh, in I, walks, you know, uh, like to me, it's yeah. like learn as much about your partner's body as you possibly can because you want to please them. Yes. Duh. No, I have straight girlfriends, and from what I understand, straight guys, the vast majority of y'all, bless your hearts. Well, there are some that are not very um, intuitive mm -hmm. or interested. Yeah. And others that are super like, hi, what can I do? You know, it's yeah. a whole vast array. I wouldn't know because I've only been with Lonnie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh -huh. sure. My twin brother Jody read my Hamilton. mom's issues of Cosmopolitan that were lying around the house and began to be At like, a man. like, he approached it like a safe cracker, like learning his craft, you know, like. At a boy. I got to tell you, my That's brother good. has a guy never, does his homework. ever. Yeah. Yeah, he's married now to a very happy woman, but like Obviously. I mean, he never ever had a problem because word got around. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when we moved, to, you know, girls were like, he kind of knows what he you know, as opposed to most of the other, you know, straight lunk-headed idiot musician guys. <laughs> that, you know, Kimberly on her show makes this public, so I'm not speaking out of school when I say this. But prior to meeting me. And that's a, an important dividing line in this story. Prior to meeting me, Kimberly only had three orgasms with male partners in her past. Oh, and, you know, I'm so Jesus sad for her. Christ. When we met, she was 47, and so that's just that's a thing. Oh. That's a the the and most of these guys, I'm sure, were like I'm a tough alpha guy. I'm a macho macho man, and I like women. I and I like vagina, and that's what I love. And I I know nothing about any of those things. No, <laughs> but, but I hear about this over and over and over from my girlfriend. 47, like, really? Oh yep. Forty-seven, yeah. and I think three is being generous. I, I want to say it was closer to one or two prior to meeting me, and so oh, that, yeah, God, that poor yeah. girl. I should have introduced her to people when we were living here. <laughs> well, it's not like it's not that she wasn't getting any. It was just that the men she was with 
No, I should have introduced her to some friends. I had no I mean, idea what was seriously. going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that poor woman. I'm not saying that was the sum total of her orgasms generally, because, you know. No, surely at some point <laughs> when she was 15 or 16, she got a shower massager. I mean, isn't that like a right well, was, well, that's different. for American women? It was earlier that's than different. that. But yeah, still, yeah. That's was, different. But yeah, no, was, I mean, I mean, luckily, I, I was in my 20s the first time I had one. And I was like, woo, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a, quite a discovery, isn't it? Yeah, I, I gotta, know. I was like, wow, it feels even better that way. And no one's harmed by this? That's incredible. I know. It's like the most amazing thing. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry for Kimberly. I have to hug her when I see you guys in December. I know. I just, uh, in, in October. I mean, I'm going to be like, uh, oh my I, God. My, my old man had this song. Guys are lame and kind of all the same. Yeah. Lame, lame, lame. I got L-E-M-B lucky. Lame. I yeah. got very lucky in my 20s, 30s, and beyond mm-hmm. because God bless all those boys. <laughs> By the I way, mean Lonnie. Is- uh, just Lonnie. I'm just Lonnie. That's yeah. it. You know, I'm married now. I just Lonnie. <laughs> Preet Bahara was a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Stephen K. Bannon and Brian Colfage. Okay, now we're no longer horny. All right, so we had to. <laughs> okay, yeah, we got we, we did the Margaret Thatcher on. naked on a, a cold day. Yeah, Margaret exactly. Margaret Thatcher if, naked on a cold day. If, if you need to hold back your orgasm, just think. Stephen K. Bannon and Brian Colfage. <laughs> Are sharing prison cells. They all have the weirdest names. Cheese bro. You know? (laughs) Cheese bro, that's right. So, uh, yeah, so Reed O'Connor ruled in favor of this business that was concerned that if it financed health insurance for people who were using HIV drugs, that they themselves might go to hell. And that is so ridiculous in a secular society why this is now becoming precedent is that should i mean really seriously yeah should, i mean uh, 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 that it's like oh god well can't you find anything can't. in the bible to justify any position like i'm sure we talked about this with fugel saying last night who's like theologian adjacent i was like couldn't you use the bible to say i don't want to pay taxes anymore I yeah. mean, any number Why of not? things. Yeah. I mean, it's no, like, I mean, a, and there's a, there's, it's, it's a very, it's a thrown together document. It is not a single author thing. Yeah. And it was heavily you know, edited and, you know, the, the, the Nicene Treaty of God, what, 1684, where they created like the King James version of the Bible or something mm-hmm. like that. It was, you know, that was when a bunch of popes got together and like decided what they wanted to keep and what they wanted to throw out. And there's whole sections like the Book of Jay, which is now believed to have been written by a woman. It's yep. like part of what they call, I guess, the Apocrypha, which is the Bible, the parts that were excised from the Christian Old and New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a thrown together text by a lot of different authors from a lot of different texts spanning hundreds and half, you know, like if not a thousand years. Right. So yeah, yeah. like it's a mess and you can find, literally find a way to justify anything from killing your parents to, like, I mean, it's a. Yeah. And if you were clever enough and had enough resources, couldn't you just invent your own religion? That was sort of like a backdoor get out of jail free card for all kinds of different laws and regulations and rules, things that we call we, that Scientology. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say uh, that. I'm like, we call that, that Scientology. Is, that is true. We do. Yeah. We um, do. But it seems like that's the kind of loophole they're opening up here with this rise in decisions that uh, completely misinterpret totally. what religious freedom in, in this country is. Well, and, and the Christo fascists are yeah. all about the Old Testament. 
which doesn't make any right. sense because you know why? Because no. when Christ was born, he introduced the new covenant. It was meant to exactly. be a new so, way of practicing your faith, a new set of beliefs that were more exactly. progressive and contemporary, and it mm -hmm. rejected all of the old ways. So if you find it rejected it, Leviticus, it yes. rejected all that crap. You yes, know, rejected like, rich people. Yes, it's like bring me Thank the you. kids, the hookers, the beggars, the lepers, the mm -hmm. people that you spit on. That's how how you treat them is how you treat me. Yep, he yeah. drove the money changers out of the temple in one exactly. of the most one of the biggest rampages in the history of the Bible. Jesus went to went nuts driving those people out of the temple. I mean, it was like no people who are call themselves Christians are very selective. Yeah, about yeah. What they consider they love the Old Testament more than what cherry, he cherry actually picking. preached. Yeah, yeah. They, they cherry pick. They cherry pick based on their bigotry. Well, it it's matches like, their pathologies. Yeah. Is the thing. Right. The Old Testament is incredibly vengeful. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and crazy sexualized and yes. all kinds of fucked up or inappropriate ways and like it's violent yeah the, well, Bible. the best part of the book by the way because the last part of the book is kind of boring <laughs> yeah you know it's like hi love your neighbor and all that stuff whatever dude the first part yeah. is fun um but no they, they the the Christ, christians in quotes do not quote christ yeah and in fact, no, because all he fucking talked about was giving to people. I know. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and, and you know what else? The Bible, the Bible is loaded with all kinds of weird shit. I mean, there are monsters, there are wars, mm -hmm. there's like infanticide in there. There's all sorts of genocide. It. There's burning in bushes there. and shit. I yeah, mean, it's, like, it's weird. I mean, you could go UFOs, through. Ezekiel. Like, I mean, there's just yep. it's, yeah, yeah, all kinds of insanity going on in that book. It's it's just incredible. And this is being bastardized. I mean, once again, I. I tweeted this. I said, this is the cynical exploitation of faith as a conveyance for bigotry and oppression. And to me, that is technically sacrilegious. To exploit your faith to achieve some form of oppression? That's absolutely this contrary. This is not a new thing for them. Yeah, no. it's not. Even Charles Dickens talked about people who've learned just enough religion to hate and not enough to love. Right, yes. right. And called them God-botherers, which I love that expression. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you know this exact, if God is there, God is like, oh, please shut up. You know, like they're all right. just like, God, I want a new Cadillac. God, I want, God, will you send me God? Will you help God, God? God's just like, I'm busy. Yes. I don't <laughs> yeah. have time to get you a new Cadillac. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Go find something You're to in do. the commercial with the angel with the cigarette voice answering the phone. She's like, heaven. And people are like, I'm on fire. I'll put you right through. Heaven. He's in a meeting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And now the angels are answering their phones and they're hearing on the other end. Stephen K. Bannon and Brian <laughs> And they're like, spam. And they hang out. Spam. <laughs> Wrong number dialer. Bye. Exactly. Okay. Well, lots more to come on the Shadow Dog. And amazingly, we have more things to talk about because more things. I think we covered every, literally everything in the universe was on today's show. Practically. The shape of my penis. We talked about smurf <laughs> menstruation somewhere in there. Orgasms. Orgasms. It's been a, it's been a Clitorises. show. Clitorises, yeah. Stephen K. Bannon and Brian Colfage. Stephen K. Bannon and Brian Colfage. Those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's coming him, up. isn't it? That's Bannon reading that, right? No, that's some announcer. That was some no? Zoom okay. like video thing they did during the pandemic. I think that's what that's from. Gotcha. Yeah, and that was just some guy. You know who it sounds like? It sounds like Billy West uh, from Ren and Stephanie, little... Stephanie Miller show. Yeah, Stephen K. Bannon and Brian Colfage. I wonder if it, it is. does, but his voice is a little bit higher. Yes, 
And he would never do an announcement do for, for so these verses. Stephen K. Bennon and Brian Colfage. <laughs> Brian Colfage. Colfage sounds like, I don't know, like a, some kind of artisanal cheese. Isn't that something you... <laughs> Isn't that something that creates steam and you suck it up into your nostrils and it clears out your sinuses? Is that yeah. no? That's something nasal like that. lavage. Yeah. That's nasal lavage. Isn't that what that is? That I nasal have a lavage and it's been working. Okay. By the way, gotcha. Well, uh, we're gonna t- on the uh, shadow docket coming up here. We're gonna talk about splooting. Splooting. That's a thing. That? It's called splooting. I don't want to know. To, oh, no. Has to do, I yeah. don't want to know. Yeah. We already we covered bad. this, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. we did with the clitoris and the penises. And yes. <laughs> Plus, oh, my God, this country club in Virginia with its 9-11-themed menu for this weekend. Holy God. What? This is what? horrendous. Wait till you hear about this. Shadow Docket, BobSeskaShow.com, $5 a month. Go sign up now. You're going to want to listen to this episode. Take care, folks. See you next time. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Stephen K. Bannon and Brian Colfage.